everybody. Before we dig into today's podcast, I hope everyone is doing well. Artists, photographers, neon makers, vendors, shop owners. If you just love neon and if one day you hope to own your own sign, whoever you are, I hope you're all okay during these trying times. Number two is our merch. If you ever wanted to wear something with the intent to feature neon front and center, it's online. Hit merch on the main nav on the site and so on. And last, text us, 917-565-9616. Love to hear from the community, general thoughts, musings, and or whoever we should have on the show. Whatever it is, hit us up, and here is your podcast. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, neon, helium, xenon, krypton. Transform and roll out. Max, I'm Mondo Neon. I'm with Deborah Jane Seltzer. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And some of the things that I, I, I remember we talked earlier just a minute ago about this. I had explored the internet. I guess we talked about pre-explosion of the social media, um, going online and sort of looking at neon. And largely I talked about this with some guests is that these are these kind of passion projects largely started out as kind of fun and interesting blogs, even the kind of the social picture moments online whether it was like uh, I think Flickr is a big thing and it's great that you still support that you know where was I guess your roadside attraction and, and knowledge of this neon and buildings and facades and I mean it goes it spans from the 20s to the 70s and largely all these things kind of seem interesting to you how have you you know how did you catalog such a big maybe take people back maybe to the the kind of the pre uh internet ex- ex- explosion on you know web pages and photos and all this stuff and, yeah because and yeah, it was a different place for sure 20 years ago um because that's how long i've been doing this um 20 years ago i was actually um it all happened by accident as so many things do i was at that point uh competing with uh, one of my dogs in agility which is uh, obstacle courses and so people knew me as Agility Nut at that point. Um, and she was quite good. And so I was traveling around the country uh, with her uh, rescue dog, mixed breed, I'm happy to say, uh, a small dog. And um, as I wa- was doing that, um, going to national competitions and stuff, um, I would tack on a few more days. I was always interested in buildings. My whole life I was interested in buildings. Science kind of came later. Um, But I would tack on a few days at the beginning and the end of these agility trips to take pictures of stuff that I wanted to see. Gas stations, um, Art Deco buildings, 1960s buildings, um, and some signs. Um, And so what would I do with these pictures when I got home? Because I was amassing kind of a smallish, you know, a couple hundred pictures, and I wanted to put them somewhere. And I thought, well, let me just put them online. I'll build a little website for myself and organize them and and throw a few little facts about them if I had some. And so I started this site, and I don't think Google existed, or if it did, it was in its infancy. And one day I got an email from a complete stranger who said, hey, I love your site. And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) And little did I know that I was being, you know, um, I was out there searchable. Yeah, and for a lot of people, I mean, can you imagine, I mean, for people that are just starting out online and maybe just got their Instagram account really up and running and is making an impact, how exciting was that time? I mean, I think people talk about it kind of like the, 
the phone era, like when somebody would call, you'd have to wait for somebody to call or your favorite song would come on the radio and have to have like a recorder nearby to make sure you, you were able to capture. I mean, never did we have all this information all in one place and let alone be able to search it. I mean, how amazing was that for you to hear that person? Well, like it was that? bizarre. It was sort of like, uh, I, you know, I felt sort of like, oh my God, now I've got to like make it real. So I've got to, you know, cause it was just slopped together for myself. And so, you know, I wanted to like build better descriptions, take better pictures. And I started taking it a little more seriously. It's funny because I know in those early days in the first, you know, year or two that I started doing this, building this little baby website with no intention of where it's at now. But um, I thought, you know, I should really include signs. And uh, I mean, how many functioning neon signs could there be in the country? Because I was thinking national anyway, kind of like I wanted to, you know, do like, you know, gas stations and all these other buildings and uh, fiberglass statues and stuff like that. And so I thought, eh, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred signs that are left. That's what I thought at that point, because mm -hmm. one would have no way to know. Yeah, it wasn't and, like you could just go now where people are like sharing pictures like, hey, have you been here? Have yeah. you done this? Largely, there's a whole movement now, right? And you realize right? how many thousands are still out there. I had not a clue. So I don't know if I would have taken them all that seriously, maybe, if I knew how many <laughs> I was talking about, you know? But so anyway, like, what, so, are, what are some thoughtful, it's kind of fun to go back to that time period. What are some thoughtful conversations that people kind of had to even inspire you to kind of bring you to life and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go full steam on this thing? Because it's a pretty huge effort. I mean, obviously you love it. I think this is yeah. a huge to be able to, to double I down. Just, on you know, I guess I have an obsessive personality anyway. And so once I start something, I'm, I'm usually, I'm in for the long haul. And I mean, um, like I did agility for 10 years until, um, you know, I, I started really focusing on this uh, around 2000. And so, um, you know, and then because of Google, um, I would do tons of research. I still daily am, you know, pounding Google for more information about something that I already know about or looking for things that I don't know about. So it's just a never ending thing and constantly updating everything through Google Maps to see if anything's been demolished or repainted or removed or, or what. So I do that all winter. You know, it takes me at least three or four months to go through every single every single thing I photographed and make sure it's still there or hasn't changed in any way. That's just like insane. It's like every minute of every day. If I'm not running the dogs, I'm doing that. We're yeah, and, and just to tell you people the scope of this website, it's 60,000 photos. We're talking about yeah. uh, chronicling, I mean, really, you know, decades long's worth i think the coolest part is that you've got it organized so well so you know you've got um sections about particular you know areas of interest whether that would be um you know categories based on um you know roadside attractions you'll have a whole section dedicated to um diners get you know car showrooms mm -hmm. eateries and it's all broken up into signs buildings so it's, it's methodical, but it's really well planned and explored. I mean, had you always kind of thought about that early on? Like, oh my gosh, I've got some. I'm kind of, I'm like, I like organization. That's a big deal. And, um, and so even as I write, like I've been writing for the SCA, I guess I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but the Society for Commercial Archaeology 
an organization devoted to roadside stuff that's been around since the 70s. Um, I was an early member of that organization because I always liked buildings and stuff like that. Um, and um, uh, at the person that was sort of writing about signs at that point, I don't think they had any constant person. When that person um, gave notice that they were leaving, um, I got tapped, Brian Butko, who I don't know if you know him, he's a big roadside person. He's a scholar about the Lincoln Highway and uh, roadside giants, and he's written numerous books. But anyway, he contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in, in writing. And it was like about signs. And I said, well, sure. And then I became, since if something's going to print like a book or a magazine or um, newsletter or something, I take it even more seriously. And I do as much digging as I possibly can to get as much extensive information as I can. So when I got tapped to do that, to start writing, I've been writing the sign features now for 15 years and the newsletter is a little uh, sign news column. And uh, so when I produce those articles, then I break those sections off at my website. So, so say you were looking for um, the corral, um, sign in Victoria, Texas, um, you wouldn't find it in the Texas sign section. You would actually find it in the mechanical section because what it was, unfortunately the sign was creamed in a tornado, but uh, they sort of replicated it without the most interesting part, which was an Indian shooting a bow, uh, a bow and arrow, and the arrow uh, went across the parking lot, little arrows on a wire, and, and erupted in a uh, flame, a big, big flame on the roof. Um, so that's considered, um, actually, I'm sorry, I said mechanical, I meant extension sign, because what it is is these little individual bits of neon floating through the air at night, of course, you don't see the wire. Um, and you often think of extension signs like little martini glasses that are just entirely neon sitting on top of a sign. So for instance, when I wrote an article about extension signs for the SCA, I broke that sign and all, all signs of that topic off out of, cause I don't like duplication, that's annoying. Um, so I broke that out of the Texas section. And so a lot of things you won't find in the sign section, but if you do a search for Victoria, Texas or a sign for the corral, um, you'll get a results list because uh, I have a very good uh, search box at my site, which is on the top of every page. Uh, the and that's below, the fun the part box. is that it's kind of like, um, you know, I feel like that inner, that inner spirit of kind of wanting to go and, and allowing people to kind of look in and, you know, no different kind of these are different, like largely different universes, like the difference between one ability to kind of convey a message, whether it's a business or a personal space um whether it's a drive-in movie theater i mean largely these signs have been adapted or readapted or have you know been um you know lost to the sands of of, of time i think you know mm -hmm. there's a certain i think you know humility about a lot of this stuff you know i think it teaches us to to value the past it also has become really uh interesting over time now we have things like neon speaks which we largely talked a little bit about before the show started which is kind of you know paying homage to the times where you know neon was sort of at its its highest level and then sort of now where we're going back into the history of neon and really kind of speaking towards 
you know, future uh, movements as well. And I think the success of that largely really depends on the people that are kind of educating and, 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 and showing people, hey, you know, there's a little bit of story over here, there's an origin story over here. You know, largely I think the first time people saw all of these signs, they probably were like, oh, that's amazing, and then forgot all about it. And largely not so much that it's not important anymore, it's just time kind of has a way of kind of moving on. And I think the incredible nature of your website it gives people um, a way to backpack without having to go there. I largely think of those shows where you like to watch them like travel shows, but having to go to all those remote locations would be, you know, not everybody's cup of tea, you know, like, but the intersection between history and entertainment, it's like, it, it does such a, a great justice to these signs because it's, uh, it shows the inspiring nature of how they were made. And you can almost imagine kind of what they would look like if they were, you know, full of people all over again, or sometimes they are right. They, like I told you, they kind of been um, the overwhelming nature is that, Hey, we got to take this on, let's save this. But I'm sure, you know, how do you approach, um, you know, maybe businesses that don't necessarily see it that way, or maybe things that have gotten lost to the sands of time. Do you ever go back and like, revisit a sign or maybe see if it's still around does that ever surprise you um i do know that a lot of people use my site before they take trips and make little lists of things they want to shoot and uh which is terrific uh, because it means the more people that uh, interact with the business owner and tell them like, oh, I really love this. This is incredible. Is it still lit at night? I want to come back. And, and they, they realize that they have something uh, of value. Usually it's kind of a learning process for them. So I'm happy to think if I can contribute to that in any way. What is, um, what is, I guess, all the pictures for you? Like what's it confirmed for you? Cause there's so much work that's gone into this. And you've, you know, you've gotten so, so adaptive to like learning and, and kind of building this catalog. What's, what have you kind of noticed about this process for yourself, or at least maybe just, you know, against where you started, I guess. Well, I guess I've, I've learned a lot about signs and about buildings and, and how um, uh, I know a couple of years ago when I presented for Neon Speaks, I gave a very depressing presentation about where we're at and where we're headed and based on even since I started this website, you know, statistical thing really about how much we've lost. Um, because if you think that my website is a 20 year uh, documentation of the most prominent signs, uh, buildings, all that too, but just focusing on, let's say neon signs, um, gosh, I don't remember the statistics exactly, but it's easy for me to go back um, and look at all of, you know, I went back and did all the, the research from my website about, you know, how much has been lost because I do have the, the dreaded gone in, in brackets. Every time a sign comes down, I, if I know, I try to say I went to a collector or was destroyed or the family took it, we don't know where it is. I try to include that information in the description. Um, but so, most of the time you never know what happened exactly. The business closed and you don't know who's got it uh, or if it survived. You mentioned too, is people use it as a way to travel, you know, like it's almost like their, their gateway to like, hey, not wasting time. And I think information. Yes, yes. Well, the maps too, you hope that, cause I have a map with every single image uh, that, you know, so you can quickly see 
okay, good, it's still there. Mm, Google Street View says, okay, you know, July 2019 was the last time Google cruised through. So there's a pretty good chance it's still there. So I'm going to drive three hours out of my way to see that thing. Um, <laughs> that's an incredible feeling, right? Like you, you now are giving people sort of like geographical, social images that they can sort of read into and get this incredible yeah. vibe from and then seek out themselves. Well, I hold my breath every winter when I do this project. I hold my breath every time I click on that map link because honestly, I mean, I feel like we lose another um, rough guesstimate here, 30% every year, wow. okay, which is so painful, so painful. Um, some of the challenges like with now with COVID, like people getting to kind of go. Yeah. And I'm really, really worried about that. I mean, businesses are closing right and left everywhere. So the question is what happens uh, with the sign? Does it get sold off? Is it, you know, and then the whole, um, the real uh, pros and cons of a sign remaining in place. So many of these signs are so big, you see that if they stay in place, the next business comes along and their choice is either they, they, they strip that sign and put their name on it in plastic letters or some such, or they rip it down and they're only able to put up this itty bitty sign conforming sign. So yeah. most <laughs> right. of the time they're going to go with stripping it. And I think we would agree that it's better. I mean, we hate to lose the local history and it's connected to so many people um, in that community but I'd almost rather see the signs saved and go to somebody's man cave for now um, than stay there. And we have to, you know, worry every single day that it's going to be stripped and basically ruined. The only thing that's left is the shape. Yeah. So, I think you know, to, to turn something into a positive, I think a lot of times I think I, I preach about positivity on the show a lot. And if anybody's, I'm clear, these are main, these are big issues in the science space. I think that they, it gives people also hope that those signs mm-hmm. can turn businesses and turn cars around and hopefully get them to go back to those places where they're not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, been. a lot of signs end up in storage and a lot of, you know, um, a lot of times they turn up, you know, the collector dies and the family's like, what are we going to do with all this? And then they, you know, throw it on eBay. Somebody sees it from that community and they work with the family to get that sign back to the community. So good stuff. It's a, it's a rare thing, but I don't know where we'll be 20 years from now if more of that will be happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like a lot of sign collectors are, I can say older because that's my age. I'm older. Um, so, uh, you know, when they go, what will happen with all those signs? Well, Some what of these- what's, what's, I think, the most exhilarating part? Because I think there's a lot of, for me, I think it's optimism, but I also think there's a lot of people asking, hey, what can I do creatively to help my business along? I think signs do an amazing job of just that, right? Because yeah. I think as we yeah. get creative and we try to figure out things, okay, curbside delivery, there's things like uh, unique ways to spell out open signs, but I think it toggles people's memory that, hey, you know, the creativity between rigor and solving problems is the crossroads and it can develop into an interesting passion within a business. I think if you follow practical ideas, we all know signs have always worked. And I think that's the best playbook mm-hmm. I can leave is that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a roadmap for exercising your creativity. And if you're, if you're a bit of a, an environmentalist and you understand how, what essentially needs to be put in the sign and how to do it 
creatively right. and in a unique way, I think you're going to give yourself a huge competitive right. edge, you know, versus. So well, you know, I think it's a good comparison between the environment. Let's say you all, you have a species of frog or bird, and there's only two dozen left. You got to let the world know there's only two dozen of those left, and then you got to create legislation to protect those animals. Um, it's the same thing with signs. I know when I go, you know, I'm always on a limited schedule. I have such a time problem because um, I'm going for quantity on these trips. But um, when I do talk to the business owner or the person at the desk or whoever, I try to like quickly explain why their sign is so special um, and uh, what what makes it unique and how people will remember when they need a typewriter because of the visual image of that on their sign and how you know the community how it's important for people that grew up there how it's important for tourists uh, all that it's it, all of those elements add up to reasons to protect it where it is mm -hmm. um, as people who try to designate these things as landmarks and protect them you know via the city but the business owner um, is really important um, you know, they, they think it's better to have a lit sign at night, maybe, um, and, uh, and they can't afford to restore the neon, um, so they end up going, you know, backlit plastic box, so, um, which, of course, will not bring them the business that their, you know, sort of rusting other sign brought, you know, I, I don't know, there's, um, I don't know. I yeah, kind of lost a lot your question of uncertainty. Along the way. No, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of depth to this question, and we can probably talk a lot about it in a lot of different yeah. angles. I think how do you, I think how you handle it is really the most important part. And I think you know, the, I think the people that are are working towards you know solving those issues is, is really important. I think whether you look at it publicly or we talked a little bit about um, you know just some of the grants that are out there, literally like that are rebuilding signs from the ground up, even if they're not being mm -hmm. restored. They're, they're being recreated and that's kind of interesting. I think there's part. Well, part you know, it, recently as the, as the sign community online has been growing, um, you know, people are, it's amazing. I mean, the, the, the number of people and the importance it is to them um, makes restoring signs a lot easier. What this Ming Wah sign in Spokane that fell down it took two weeks to raise fifty thousand dollars <laughs> to restore this. That largely, that largely would have been un impossible to pull off in that short amount of time without the internet. So I think. Oh yeah. You know, oh it's yeah, not but, the, like but the, everybody, you know, there were little Facebook groups and you know, corresponding with each other. Word gets out, you know, let's do this. Let's save yeah. this thing. I mean, and, all it takes uh, is one ambassador who largely has, you know, obviously deeper pockets than say your 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 average person. And, and, and now you're off to the races. I think where, where time, where people kind of get sad about things is they kind of point and say, oh, this is the reason why signs are not performing well. This is, I mean, I couldn't be farther from that. I think, you know, everybody has and embodies a certain sense of creativity. And I'm trying to cheer that on as much as possible because I know it's easy to get uh, confused and, and, and uncomfortable in these times, especially when it's really hard to make sense of what's going to happen next. But my appearance is, you know, look, you've got, you've got to have that, that walk of, you know, we need to, you know, we need to have people know about this. Here's the right thing to do. Um, I, you know, not really caring what other people are going to say, but, 
you know, I can do this. Here's a piece of paper. Here's an idea. Let's go after this. Cause I think largely that's how those signs were put together. You know, you look at how those people were built and what they came from. I mean, they largely were uh, from different paths and, and, and as comfortable it was to say, Hey, let's not do it this way. They were kind of thinking in, in a completely different level, you know, whereas like, you know, typically people say, Oh, I want the least amount of resistance. Some of those signs that they had made was like, how do they do that? You know? And I think largely that's because of those, those kind of, uh, you know, Hey, let's just go out there and get it done. Let's struggle, but let's figure out how to do it. And that's what I think this scene has now is that there's people that are doing this, whether it's young artists, I do want to point that out. Anybody who's learning neon or has, uh, ambitions towards running a sign company, or, I mean, those are the, that's the kind of the future that I think the future hustle that I see online is very important. I do want to make that uh, kind of clear that those, those, those people are really running with it. And I feel that's in a good place, but yeah, I do feel like through networking and, and, uh, you know, sign shops that are still doing it and offering classes and, um, you know, museums that are offering classes and, um, you know, a lot of those are geared towards, um, people interested in making more sculptural things than actual commercial. But I think it is, you know, a, a lot of times those same people are helping sign shops get things done too. Mm -hmm. um, so. And, you know, and largely it's fulfilling them. a lifelong passion for some of it. Some of it's largely just, you know, Hey, it's selfish. I just want to make work out of neon. That's cool too. But it's that environment that's going to make, you know, bring in new life and kind of follow mm -hmm. it up with, uh, with new signs. And so that's exciting. Tell me about the Neon Speaks. Have you, your involvement in that a little bit? Because it is happening and it has happened this weekend. How mm -hmm. did that go? You know, I do want people to be aware of this. I talked about it a couple of times on the show, but I think it's very important to kind of point it out because it's happening. Yeah, so this is the third year. And I don't know how Alan Randall pulled this off. They it's unbelievable and it's gotten better every year. Um, now because of COVID, I think they're, they've like quadrupled the number of people that are, are, um, participate, you know, that are, uh, watching the thing online. Um, it's two weekends, it's like double the amount of events too, I think. So it's kind of great. I mean, there are some positive things about this whole COVID situation, I guess. Um, and that's one of them is that I think it's, it's taken on a more, um, national or international even, um, bend here. Um, so let me see. So the first year, um, they wanted me to speak about, um, uh, you know, it was a more of a statistical thing that I did about what's, what's happened in the past 20 years. And, um, and no, it's not just happening in your state or your community. It's happening all over the country that we are losing all of these signs. Um, but on the other hand, there's little pockets where we have either museums or sign collections on display or um, little uh, organizations that are working to save signs. Um, uh, Tucson and St. Petersburg, Florida and other places. Um, so I sort of talked about that. And then the next year they wanted me to talk about rotospheres since I was fortunate enough to find Warren Milks in, um, when I wrote an article for the SDA about rotospheres and Sputnik signs. Um, I met Warren Milks a few times down in Louisiana. He was the guy who uh, both designed these signs 
and um, built all of them. He built about 237 off the top of my head. And they are enormous Sputnik signs, enormous balls with spikes on them um, that outlined completely with neon that rotated in three directions. Um, the, of course, it revolved on the pole and um, the sphere was split in the middle so that the arms moved in different directions. So you have three, three variations in movement. And um, when he built them, he would um, send them out with just primer on them, just white paint and a little card that said, um, you know, suggested primary colors, you know, choose whatever neon, if you have something, you know, primary color neon, in addition to whatever paint you choose or match it to your business, whatever. So these signs went up all over the country and now there's only um, two, well, three still spinning and lit. Um, there's maybe another dozen off the top of my head that are still out there, but in bad condition, uh, not operating at all. So yeah, these things were quite um, a spectacle too. I mean, for people to know, yeah, you can look for them. videos online and yeah. I think you would be amazed. I think everybody is, it's a jaw dropping thing. The first time you ever see one either online or in person, um, in Lakeland, Florida and Memphis and now in Indiana. Is it white something? Sorry, it'll be on my website, but it's uh, the other one is in Indiana, which uh, came from somewhere else and only moved to Indiana a few years ago, private collection, but it's on display all the, um, outside all the time. That's and great. And and for people that are not noticing this, definitely go online and Google it. It's, the Neon Speaks event is, is largely, uh, I think, one of the largest gatherings online right yeah. now. And, I think there's nothing that. like it. And yeah, we still have, it's only halfway over. We still have uh, Saturday and Sunday coming up, uh, October uh, 3rd and 4th. And it's all um, recorded. So I think you can pay a whatever fee or something if you're, uh, if you don't get around to it till November uh, to be able to see all the videos of all the presentations. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all kinds of people. Um, so this year, I just uh, just talked about sign news. That's what uh, they really wanted to hear was what's happened roughly in the past year, uh, good, bad, and otherwise uh, with with signs, neon signs. Yeah, there's but, especially uh, a huge part of, and a lot of these people too I've talked to have participated in this, and it's something I wanted to pass on to listeners too that are involved in signage or something, you know, creative, is to do more with these collaborations. If you know people that are especially in your industry and largely if it's even outside of signage, it doesn't have to be in signage. I think the biggest thing would just to be get people, you know, get, get, I think people underestimate the power of these matters, especially when you look at the, the massive step forward that we've made in understanding how signage is put together, maybe how neon signs are made is that, you know, there's, you can be authentic and you can also just get yourself out there and let people know. And, and largely because of the fact that this has been online, I think has made it even more of a success in putting information together because now people can all attend and they don't have to you know quote unquote travel to the west coast mm -hmm. to participate so i think it's like you said i think it's a, a prime time to to jump in you know um, putting as much as you can out there um any advice for people that are you know looking to uh maybe travel check out some of you know the things that you put online um you know how to be successful when you go to these places you know especially now, i mean now it's difficult to want to even travel but 
Well, to I just got website. back mm -hmm. from uh, a five-week trip to COVID country, what I call COVID country, which is Texas, Florida, Alabama, anywhere the outbreaks are high. I was COVID there <laughs> wearing my mask. I have to say half the people out there uh, are wearing their masks. So. How about this? Let me, let me get a different question. How about yeah. navigating your website? Because it's so amazing. It's so in-depth. I'm, I'm going to we'll put show links or links in the show notes, largely because... I do want people to go and check it out. There's there's a little bit of something for everybody. And that's why I think this question is so important. Where do you start? You know, what can you do to say, you mentioned the search feature, because I do want people to, you know, yeah. point people to, you know, how do you, you know, want them to arrive on the site, what to do? Well, I, I mean, I think it depends on, and, and hopefully along the way, let's say you're just into signs, my homepage, you can just go to the sign section and start poking around in your state. Uh, start assembling little lists of your own of things you want to shoot. Um, but maybe along the way, uh, you discover like, oh, there's this drive-in that still has a really cool sign, or this gas station has a really neat sign, um, and I want to go there and shoot that too. And wow, that gas station is really cool. And so a lot of people that are into signs, they sort of venture, you know, dip their toe into mid-century buildings. And then before you know it, they're, you know, they're, sh they're shooting other things too. So um, but so I think that's, uh, you know, you can just Google, uh, I mean, use my search box to find um, uh, cities um, that maybe you might want to travel to. Um, I myself, uh, one of my techniques for planning my route so I can get the most uh, stops per day in is I use um, the My Maps uh, Google feature and I just, uh, on my computer, because it's easier uh, than using my phone, uh, on my computer, I, I put all the addresses in, so I get these little pinpoints on uh, my maps. And then from that, I, I keep a database for every state. And so then I organize my, um, uh, that's where I get my addresses and, and what, I, what I want to shoot or reshoot if it's changed. Um, and then I organize my, uh, driving list, so to speak, from uh, from the most efficient uh, uh, plot between uh, pinpoints on my maps, so that I'm totally organized and ready to go. Because you're dead on these road trips if you're trying to shoot a lot, or it's over 100 degrees most days. You just want to be able to just shoot, drive and shoot, drive and shoot. You don't have to think at all. So that way, I'm totally organized and I can do just that. Um, that's awesome. I think, you know, the long-term thinking I had was that that would help somebody. I think it will, will really do somebody justice, especially if they're trying to do something similar or just have fun and, and check some of these places out. Mm -hmm. I think you, know, you never want to make a decision just predicated on, Hey, what do I like? Let's just go out there and find it. So Deborah's done a lot of the footwork for you. Please check out her website. Um, basically covers anything amazing with signs. And I largely think it's going to be a huge legacy factor in the way people approach signage. Um, I think slowing things down a little bit. I think they're going to go back and look at this information and 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 just the construction that you put together um, really has helped a lot of people. I know it has, and and I think the biggest key here is to just to share information and doing willingly, and uh, not to put pressure on you, but I, I think it's going to be incredible just to keep seeing it grow and expand over time. And I thank you for for coming on the show and, and sharing all this information with us. Yeah, well, I have another 4,000 pictures from this trip that, to play with and get up onto the website. And then, <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> so well, it'll, be, it'll be growing. You just don't really know about it. It'll be so 
so uh, subtle. But um, and then I uh, am hoping to retire in like eight years, and then I'm going to get really serious because this is pretty much my life. It's just my dogs and my website, and that's and my full time boring job. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. There's so much to it's so amazing. You're kind of like I love your approach. I think it's going to be. Um, even more of what you love to share. And I think that's so important people to look at their passion and kind of just strike out and go for it. And um, largely you've been doing that. So thank you again. And uh, well, thank you. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.